0: Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my is Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today we have the phenomenal opportunity to have with us on the podcast Erica Anderson, Erica is an author that wrote a book, A Reason to Return, and this book just delves into, looks at why women are leaving the church. I just found it fascinating. I had in the past have done some looking into research on why men are leaving the church, but this was probably the honestly the first time that I had considered, thought about, looked into why women are leaving the church. And so we sit down, she tackles some of the hardest issues. She talks about the, the landmine of politics and um, how that can impact a woman's spiritual life and her perception of the church, um, discussing the vital role that women play in the church and how we can that can be modeled. We discussed the idea that women have been heard in the church and how that has pushed some women away from the stance that has been made when women have been been hurt, and just the the realities of an increasing demand on a woman's time, um, and the world we live in today, and how that impacts uh, prioritizing spiritual life, or maybe saying I'm going to delay uh, prioritizing my spiritual life until. The family's in a different situation, um, but just a, a great conversation with her. I appreciated her being on the podcast, and we'll put a link to the book in the show notes. Um, do want to encourage you to send in your questions for Back Channel with Foth. That's where we sit down with Dick Foth and get to learn from Dick and uh, his insight and his wisdom. There's always some gold, gold when we sit down with, with Dick. Well, there's no time better than now to get started, so here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. Excited to have a new friend on the podcast with us today, Erica Anderson. Erica, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: Erica, um, I read your article in Influence Magazine. Someone had recommended it through Influence Magazine to me, my friend Craig, and um, I started doing a little research on you, found the book, and here we are today. So Erica, for those who don't know you well, uh, will you take just a few minutes and share a, list a little bit about yourself before we jump into some of the questions?
1: Sure. Yeah, I um, I live in Indianapolis, Indiana with my husband and my kids who are five and seven, and um, I've been a writer for many years, but really just kind of got more into the freelance side of things in the past four or five years. Um, and so this is my second book, um, and I often write uh, freelance articles for um, various publications, but I am a columnist as well at World Magazine. Uh write for Christianity Today on a regular basis, and I also am a writing coach. So all things wow. writing and communication uh, for me, but the uh, the topic of the book, um, The Church, is really important to me and is really, I think, a passion that i have for a lifetime. So really grateful to be able to, to write about it and talk with you about it today.
0: For sure. What is the life of a free, freelance writer like?
1: Uh, It's busy. Uh, So (laughs) basically I run my own business um, and I – Kind of do two parts. So one part of freelancing is sort of the uh, I do a lot of digital marketing, um, okay. copywriting, and things like that, social True. media stuff for people. Okay. Um, and then I also have the more the part that I like better, which is writing columns, <laughs> writing articles, writing books. Um, yeah. That's my favorite part, but it doesn't quite bring as much income in as the other stuff. So I kind of okay. have to balance it out.
0: <laughs> very very cool. Very very cool. Well, we're going to talk about your book today. Reason, um, reason to return. This was fascinating to me. I think is, is a, is a man um, I've heard a lot about men leaving the church and uh, it was really challenging to me to look at why women are leaving the church. And um, yeah, can you, let's start there. What are some of the increasing demands on women today that are causing them to maybe, or how that's impacting their faith with increasing demands?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, it's, it's sort of like simple when you look at it, you know, really the top reasons why women have left are more related to stress and overwhelm than anything else. Um, I, I always feel like people are sort of quick to say, Oh, it must be, you know, politics or deconstruction or something like that. But I really don't see that as the, the main driver. So that's, that was an interesting find, but I think, you know, a lot of it is just like American culture, which we're talking about women in the West, like um, it is overly busy, you know, you know, being packed with your schedule and your kids. I mean, specifically women with small children, it's, it's really bad for them. And people have just dropped out of church, not necessarily because they decided to, but because it just happened. And so uh, if you're not being intentional about it, it's very easy for it to fall to the wayside as the one thing that people let go of and then secondly on that i would say um we have a lot more i mean we i wouldn't say necessarily more i mean it's been like this for a while but Uh, Single moms or broken families like that actually really contributes as well, because that makes life a lot more stressful and overwhelming. And so we'll see that single moms are actually the highest demographic of women that are leaving the church, um, Hmm. as well as single women in general who have left for different reasons, but they are the two highest.
0: Wow. So could you could you unpack the two different reasons there? is that yeah,
1: so the single moms it's just um just the sheer overwhelm of life not having a partner. Um it's really hard to get kids ready to go. We all know that especially if they're younger. Um and so I can understand how stressful that can be. And also um just not feeling a lot of times single moms and single women will say they don't necessarily feel like they have a, a place um mm. in the church. I mean they do. Mm. Of course they're welcome, but sure. it's more focused on families. And, um, I think that's something we can work on as a church and for single women, that's especially true. They kind of feel like the odd one out, especially if you're an older single woman, like if you're getting into your thirties and you're not married, um, people feel sort of like, where do I actually belong in this setup? Mm -hmm. And I think we've got a lot of work to do there. Um, and so that was an interesting kind of find when I was doing this book.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, so what are some of the changes maybe in mindset when it comes that you've seen over the last 10 years or so when it comes to women and in the church and their engagement with the church?
1: Well, I think um in in the west I think we're becoming very post-Christian. I mean, especially hmm. in the United States now, um we're seeing that they, you know, they always say we're about 20 years behind Europe in terms of what's happening with religion. And as someone said to me the other day, COVID actually sped that up by like five mm. or 10 years. And that's mm. really a little scary and unfortunate. Sure. Um, but I think, yeah, the mindset is, um, if I have to drop one thing, I guess it'll be this cause I'm not required to be there. Nobody's taking mm. attendance, that kind mm. of a thing. And, um, I think people are not being intentional about what they really want. The the thing that I like to bring up, and, and that was very compelling to me as I started research for the book, is that um, women say that the number one thing that they want to improve in their life is their relationship with God and their sort of their faith life. Interesting. Um, and yet they also are in the same survey, putting that as sort of the last thing on their priority list. So what women want and what they're doing is not matching up. And I saw that disconnect and I decided I want to speak to that. And I want to say, you're saying you want this and yet you're not doing what it takes to get there. So let's talk about how can we be intentional and stop and really think about what you want out of life and what actually matters and then Hmm. make decisions based on that conversation.
0: Wow. And do you think that kind of goes back to the overwhelm of just so much going on that we want this, but I'm just doing the urgent I don't know. I'm looking at motive. Well, I, don't I, know.
1: I think that it can be, people don't see it as necessarily simple. Like okay. if something's easy, fine. But yeah. go, finding a new church, going to a new church, you know, investing in a new community, you know, getting it together to go, becoming accountable in some way. I mean, yeah. that is not necessarily easy to do. Sure. And so when you're overwhelmed by life and you don't have to do it, yeah. maybe you're not going to do it. Um, But that's why I think it's so important for people to stop and look at their lives and like in the span of their entire lives and even eternity and say like, what do I want? And i use this example in the book of a pastor that i have heard he explains like imagine your life like a vase and then like the bottom is very wide and then it gets narrower at the top like what are you putting at the bottom that has to be there to hold up everything else and what's at the top that you can sort of take out um because we don't we can't do everything and so we have to put those foundational things in place and i sometimes think that women that have left, maybe they haven't thought about it in that way. And so I want to introduce that, you know, vision to them and help people just like stop in the midst of all the craziness and be like, okay, focus.
0: It's good. Good (laughs) word. And so you, you said you, when you were doing the research, you were looking in this, into this, you were interested in seeing maybe some of the barriers that were impeding women from prioritizing it. Could you just talk a little bit more about those?
1: um yeah so impeding women i mean i think some of the things i just mentioned um including um just going to a new place i mean even myself who is you know seasoned churchgoer been to church my whole life like walking into a new church feels a little weird like it feels a little bit like i i don't know anybody and like and it's good that people approach you and are ready to welcome you in but it can still be a lot especially for folks maybe who are introverts or not very social and if you have not been to church since you were a kid or it's been a long time it can just be a lot of like emotional energy Mm. (laughs) you know Very true. and so i think people kind of go i don't have that right now so i think that's one thing other things include you know the first thing you'll hear from people who don't attend church when you ask like why don't you attend church a lot of times you'll hear because people at church are judgmental and they're hypocrites Mm. And so they may have had an experience with someone or a church in the past or something like that, where they felt like, oh, these people are not who they say they are. And I don't yeah. want to be a part of that. Yeah. And so that's a huge barrier to overcome some of those mental processes mm-hmm. that people have. Um, and then there's, of course, people that have experienced true, like um, maybe religious trauma or church hurt. Sure. And that does exist, although I don't think it's as as prevalent as maybe it's made out to be in sort of some of the stories that we see, it's there. And that's another thing that people have to overcome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so that pain that maybe you say it's not as prevalent, but are there certain areas or certain um, specific areas you saw when you're doing the research that this is a common area that women have been hurt in the church and maybe some things that we can grow in not repeating that pain. Does that, is that a fair question?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think women, have sometimes felt like their voices were not heard, their perspectives were not taken in. And I I go out of my way to say, I'm not, you know, this book is not a book about like denominations. It's not a book about whether, you know, complementarian versus egalitarian. I'm not really even touching on that, you know, because I, 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 that's a whole other book, right? But what I kind of concluded for myself was just like, whatever kind of church you go to, there is, there is room for women's voices at the table. Yeah. So, um, you know, get, like what, it doesn't have to even be an official type of thing, but like, I think women have felt a little bit unheard. Um, hmm. and so I I would like to advocate that the church, you know, be a little bit more intentional about just like getting their perspective on things. Yes. <laughs> you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That that doesn't go against scripture. It's you right. know, it's it's just sort of like let's think about who our audience is. And what we know is that the the church is actually made up of more women than men. Very um true. and so could that be changing? I don't know at the rate this whole thing is going. I, I right. hope not, but Um, But, you know, women are such an important part of the church and their perspectives matter and their experiences matter. And so I think that is one thing that people have been hurt by. I think also people are sort of hurt by um, like sort of not even necessarily themselves, but they see all the things that have happened. They see the Hmm. scandals, the sex abuse scandals um, Hmm. and things like that. Um, And they go, whoa, I don't want to be a part of any institution that, you know, those things are happening. Um, The other thing is things like that they grew up, um, purity culture is a big one that people struggle with, myself included. Like I talk about my own story with that, about my own church hurt situation. And I also heard, you know, a lot of people that grew up sort of, I guess, maybe when I did in the 90s, um, there was just a lot of like scare tactics Hmm. at that time, a lot of, you know, scare tactics about hell and yeah. hellfire and brimstone and all of right. that stuff. And, and not that, you know, hell isn't real. It certainly is. Sure. But the way it was approached and preached at yeah. that time and maybe in the past, like, wasn't, I think, sort of the way to go that hmm. is very fruitful. <laughs> right. um, and so, yeah, I guess I'll stop there and let you ask no, another question.
0: No, it's great. No. So the purity culture, could you unpack that just a little bit in, in, Yeah
1: yeah sure yeah so um purity culture you know that was sort of the heyday in the 90s early 2000s you might know it as true love Waits," which yeah. you no, know, it was it was just the big sort of push to um you know wait to have uh, sex until you're married which yeah. is fine we right. want to say that as christians right. however it was uh, qu- sort of put um virginity sexuality like that sort of became like almost an idol Mm. where they were teaching kids like these are things that i was taught in youth group like oh you're going to be like a used up piece of gum if you (laughs) have sex before marriage and like you should be saving yourself for your husband and all of this whereas and so it became a a real sort of um oppressive mentality for Mm. i think especially girls because a lot of the onus was put on them to, you know like don't tempt and all this stuff and um it just became this god and looking back um you know you can kind of see well this wasn't really, isn't about your husband. Like, this is really about God. Like, and yet the church was making it about the husband and they just had hmm. purity all wrong. Hmm. And so there has been so many people that have been affected by this, like emotionally, mentally, hmm. spiritually for many, many years, uh, myself included. And so things like that, where the church really got it wrong, which I don't think they did so intentionally. Like I have right. a lot of grace. <laughs> I think it was really misguided leadership. Sure. Um, but you know, people go through that stuff and they're like, man, I, I messed up for the rest of my life because mm. of this. I don't know that I can trust this entity anymore.
0: Mm.
1: Wow. Um, so, so that's, that's one of, one of the things that came up.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and you're right. I don't, I'm maybe I'm uh, a positive thinker, but I, I say people that come on mission. So a lot of missionaries, they don't come with an intent to cause problems, hurt people and destroy families. That That's just not, you know, we do interviews for missionaries. I don't think that, and I would say the same thing with pastors, but at the same time, if people are getting hurt, whether they intend for them to get hurt or not, they still got hurt. And, um, it is the responsibility when people got hurt for us to try to reconcile, to say, we're sorry. And, um, do our best to not do it in the future, you know what I mean? And um, and to prevent it in the future. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. And um, I just thought that was just a fascinating, fascinating idea. So thinking patterns. You, I also thought this was excellent, too. The idea of thinking patterns. How can we begin to redirect maybe our thinking patterns when it comes – or um, for females redirect their thinking patterns when it comes to church um, to get away from maybe some of the do's and don'ts, um, it would yeah does that make sense
1: yeah totally um so one of the you know th- one of the reasons i wrote this book sort of even before i began writing it it was this sort of like word from the lord that was kind of like um this line that you probably read in the book which is the church of your past doesn't have to be the church of your future sure. i just kept hearing that over and over and again and i was just like I think people need to reimagine what it can look like to be a part of a church and a part of a faith community. Um, And so let's talk about what does church look like when you think about it? And it looks probably a certain way for each person. And I wanted to introduce the idea that church doesn't have to look like that. It doesn't have Hmm. to look like what you've always known. It doesn't have to look like what you've experienced in the past. Because there are no hard and fast rules about like, where you have to meet for church or how many people have to be in the church. Um, Now there are some structural things that, um, that, you know, when, when you get down to it, like, yeah, there are some things that a church needs to have, but like, I'm not really speaking to people that are at that place right now. Like I wanted to offer a bridge back to a faith community that was welcoming and non-threatening. And so I wanted to say, Hey, if you grew up Southern Baptist and that's not you anymore, yeah. There's a lot of other churches that you can try. Um, sure. I, I document some stories of folks that have these. Yeah. Um, I talked about I talked with my friend Leah who grew up in a basically a cult. Um, sure. I mean, I don't know that you could call it anything else. And it was really hard for her to like walk mm. into church again. Like mm. she was, you know, when she started going to another church as an adult after she had sort of gotten out of this cult, she's walking in going like, you know, hands up, like very yeah. skeptical. Um, but she found an amazing church and that church actually funded for counseling, hmm. like they funded her to be able to get therapy for what she experienced in that church. Hmm. And so, and then I have a couple other stories in there as hmm. well, but just to say like, Hey, imagine if it doesn't have to be that way, because what yeah. we know about these women is that they, they love God. They're yeah. not, they're not mad at God. It's not right. him. It's the yeah. people it's yeah. the experiences. And so how can we stay connected to God and experience yeah. him in community as we're called um, and, and do that in a way that's healthy and doesn't take us back to those bad memories? It's possible. And so I was really, really wanting to put that vision forward in the book.
0: Yeah. And you, you challenge women to reconsider and you give them some, you give some ideas of, you know, these are some things when you're reconsidering to think about. Could, could you share a few of those with us?
1: Yeah. I think reasons to reconsider. Okay. So one of the, one of the, there's, there's several things, but I'll start with this. So what we know, and and I'm a little bit of a data nerd and you'll find that as you uh, peruse I the like,
0: book. I, I like data. I'm a scientist. Yeah. so I, It's, I like it's it. you know,
1: it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's a, a journalistic book because yeah. it has data and it has personal stories and has my story so it has all these different elements to it sure. um but one of the things that really hooked me into this idea from the get go was all the data showing the benefits of attending church and you know it's like you would think you know okay a faith life in general but it's actually all connected to actually being part of a faith community mm. so sometimes i like to say being part of a faith community instead of going to church just because okay. that's sort of more clearly represents what we're saying sure. um you know going to church of course is is not a building it's a gathering of believers and so mm. um for whatever reason Um, All of the statistics regarding like mental health and all of that Mm. are related to actually consistently going to church and being part part of a faith community rather than Mm. living a sort of personal relationship with God and faith and spirituality on your own. And so you'll see things like um, women who attend church, and it's interesting because there's some there's a lot of specific data on women, but women who attend church on a regular basis are five times less likely to attempt suicide. They're far Uh more likely, less likely to be depressed and anxious. Um, they have better marital relationships. They are happier in general. They have better friendships. They're far more generous. They are much more civically engaged and involved in the community. Um, and then, um, what was the last one I was going to say Oh yeah this this is this is the most fascinating statistic to me and this isn't just about women but after covid and we're talking i think Pew research or Gallup or somebody did this polling um after covid the only demographic of people that said their mental health was better post pandemic were weekly churchgoers and it, and wow. it, the distinction was very clear it wasn't monthly it wasn't show up hmm. randomly it was like consistent church attendance Hmm. Um, and i can't get over how like amazing that is just because it just goes to show you that there's something there and uh it's interesting a few years back i wrote a piece for the wall street journal about some of these things and i and i was focusing specifically on the suicide piece and so of course i'm like on the suicide hotline and all of these websites that are for suicide prevention and what do you not find You find nothing on them about faith, about attending church, about finding, you know, a a spirituality. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a literally a proven thing. Hmm. And, and they don't list them because it's religious. Hmm. But I think that's crazy. And I talked to a friend of mine who's a psychotherapist and um, she's not a Christian. She's kind of agnostic. And she's like, oh yeah, I tell people to go to church. She's like, it's definitely helpful, and so yeah. I think I quoted that in the book because I I love that she was like, yeah, I'm not a Christian, but like, I see how much that helps people, and if they're Interesting. faithful already, you know, if they have faith already, like, I'm yeah. like, get in there, like, sure. this is gonna help you. Yeah. Um So I'm just fascinated by stuff like that. No,
0: that is fascinating. Very, very fascinating. Sad that. Um, We it can't be recommended, but at the same time, understanding that the the power of community, and um, you know, I grew up I grew up in the church. Uh, My we were there. My you know, my parents weren't in ministry. My dad was a deacon. My mom led the women's group, and the the little you know that was called missionettes was the little girls' group, and we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and any time in between we were there. I loved church. I, I loved going to church. Um, it was it was always a place for me that was very very positive. Uh, and at the same, but you know there were church splits. There were there was conflict. I mean, I, some of my earliest memories are, are are all of those things. But at the same time, there's the positives far outweigh the tensions that were there. Now I was not. I didn't. I was not abused in the church. There was those things I didn't experience. And so, learning about that and being sensitive to those things as we move forward, I think, is something that um that I'm being challenged challenged for. One of the things that you the courage to address politics, and so mm-hmm. you know this politics continue to be um polarizing. Um, but you 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 talk about that and how women can navigate the land mind of politics um, when it comes to church and, and the spiritual life. Can you can you share some about that for us?
1: Yeah, I felt like I couldn't not address it at this point in time in the world. <laughs> it kind of had to be said. And sure. Um, you know, I what I what I found is I saw a lot of church hopping during the political turmoil, which is still ongoing, but sure. it was more so <laughs> sort of in 2020. Um, I didn't like personally, I wasn't seeing a ton of people leaving church, but it mm. was people changing churches, which mm. I actually think is I mean, I'm not always going to agree, you know, why people change churches, but I do like the example of hey, you can go somewhere else, which is Hmm. kind of part of the message of my book. Um, and so yeah, politics are a thing. And I really feel for pastors and churches right now because it is really hard to navigate because what is a political issue is often a biblical issue as well. But Hmm. how do you toe the line and how do you separate it from politics and know not drive people away and everybody's touchy and people are going to complain you're always going to have people complaining um and it's just gotten very um difficult and so i can't imagine what it's like to be a pastor in this environment right now um but i think what you'll find is just that um you know some people left church for that reason but i think if you're if you're leaving church I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's a place where you're not like really plugged in and yeah. it's like to God in the way that you need to be, that you're just going to leave the community. Um, but I also think that people that left during COVID, I'm, I need to start figuring out how to say this in a more articulate way. Cause I was on a podcast yesterday and I wasn't saying it right, but, but let me try to get it out. Sure. Um, I think during the pandemic, whether it was because of pandemic or because of politics, um, People left the church. I mean, we're only back up to 85% attendance even now three years later, at least in the US. And what I believe is that some of that leaving was a pruning Hmm. and it it is serving to create a healthier church body. Hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of people that went to church out of just going, that's just what they did. Um, Pandemic made it look, oh, I guess I don't really have to go right yeah. um maybe politics was the other excuse like i'm just not doing this anymore why am i even doing this yeah. um and so while i don't like to see people leaving yeah. i also think that god is using that in such an amazing way i think he's making healthier churches i mm. think churches have been forced to think about like what are we really doing um mm. what is the long term plan um they're dealing with you know still lack of volunteers and Um, lower tendons and all of that and so it really provided like sort of the reckoning that was needed i think for everyone to sort of assess themselves and assess their mission and say like what matters what are we doing and so i think that is what this political stuff also um gave us the opportunity to do and to figure out how this is what we're dealing with now yeah um this is going to be Hard. No one said it was going to be easy. And we have it pretty easy here, you know, as yeah. Christians in the United States. It's not I I. I don't say that I'm persecuted, sure. you know, right. um, but maybe I will be someday yeah. in the future. And um, that's part of it. Like, that's what the Bible says is going to happen. So yeah. don't be surprised by sure. it.
0: Yeah. You know, the 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 women that I know, it's probably just this is probably confirmation bias or there's a bias here, I'm sure. But I'm going to share it. <laughs> Or younger ladies. Um, so talking between 20 and 30 that um that I have seen that have made the decision grown up in the church and decided, hey, politics or I've been disappointed in how the church has become politicized. I'm disappointed in um, you know, they've been disappointed in, in several things with that. Any specific words for a, a younger woman that maybe is walking through that, maybe some words of encouragement as she processes um. the the politics and all those things that went to the church. Yeah. Just any encouraging words for somebody maybe in that situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say that um, again, not every church is the same and it does take, it can take some work to find one that is the right fit for you. Um, Not that I think we can just pick and choose, you know, willy nilly. Um, But if you went to a church, for example, that really got it into the politics or was, like I actually, we used to go to a second church because we are just crazy and we just like, like church. <laughs> we would go to the Saturday night service at this other church sure. um, rather than our home church. And I kind of was turned off by myself, even though I agreed politically with what this guy talked about. I didn't like that he was doing it in church. Hmm. And I like, don't go there. We don't go there anymore. Yeah. And And so I think like, it's okay if that's how you felt and Hmm. i also don't want to go to a church that's super talking about politics on like right or left because it's not about that um so i would encourage you to like continue seeking out another Hmm. church like whether Hmm. you're watching them online and trying to get a feel for it, asking friends maybe you need to try a small church or maybe you Hmm. need to try a bigger church i go to a very small church which is the first time in my life um, prior to going there, I had always gone to bigger churches and that's yeah. made a huge difference for me. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you in my church, I mean, I honestly don't know where a lot of people stand politically yeah. <laughs> and we don't really talk about it. Um, yeah. we just sort of, my pastor preaches from the Bible yeah, and we read scripture and we go through it str- yeah. verse by verse. Um, and that's what your pastor should be doing. And if they're not doing that, I would go to a different church.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's good. So I would you know, say
1: that. I would say that. And also I would say, I think sometimes I want to very be careful to say, like, sometimes we, we need the freedom to like to sit in what we're dealing with. Sure. And it's not going to be a horrible thing if you're not going to church for a couple months. So, like, right. give yourself the space, like pray about it. Open your heart. I, I would say just be open to God's leading. Hmm. You trust That's God, good. right? Like you trust God. You love God. Be open to his leading and just follow that. Um, In order to do that, you've got to be quiet. You've got to give yourself some space. Um, And so I want to offer that freedom as well, because there's no rush. God isn't on a time. God has no, like there's no time limit with him. Like he's infinite. So um, there is no rush to find the perfect church for you.
0: Yeah. One of the other things you um, talked about was the role women play in the lives of children, um, maybe their children. And honestly, it began a process for me to write down and think of the names of my Sunday school teachers, um, youth group workers, um, people all along the way um, in my church that, and I could give you a long list of them, uh, of women that impacted me, whether that was challenged me, you know, a lady in the church challenged me to read the Bible through um, and uh, and held me accountable to that. Not, not abusively, but just said, Hey, you like, want a challenge. And um, it was, it was a woman. And I looked at some of those spiritual marks in my life um, of godly women that held me accountable and challenged me to a life of spirituality and challenged me to go deeper in my relationship with Christ. So, can you just, so that it really hit home to me and made me, I spent some time there pondering. um, And so thank you for that. But anyway, can you go ahead and just share a little bit about the importance of, of women and the lives of children in the church?
1: Yeah. um, So it's interesting because even though men are traditionally supposed to be like sort of the spiritual leaders of the family and, you know, if they are, that's wonderful, but I think what you will find a lot of times is women are actually leading the way with that in families. Hmm. Um, and so it is a lot of moms that are, and, and I think it's important. Like, I think we should remember that as for moms, especially like we are, disi- like we are the chief disciples of our children. And so um, that is a really important job, like almost more important than anything else. And so um, parents guiding their kids in faith is, such a vital part of this because people choose their, basically their lifetime faith. They choose that by the age of 14 majority of people. And so in this tender time of childhood, like we have a big responsibility and moms often take that on, um, to disciple our kids and teach them what they need to know and all of that. And so I really encourage moms to think about that aspect of things, because Hmm. what you'll find is you Even if you were to like take your kid to church every week and drop them off, um, that is not good enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, if, if a parent is not a part of this process of faith formation, yeah. it's not going to last according to these statistics that we've hmm. seen. Um, and so it's really important if this is something that you want your child to value in their life and stick with. Um, now is the time to be a part of that. And for myself, after becoming a mom, like I, there was so much more I wanted to learn as my kids started to ask me questions and I would be like, oh, I don't really have a good answer for that. You know? Oh. So I began to teach my, I, I started reading apologetics yeah. and started realizing like, I want to teach my kids this stuff from the ground up. Hmm. Um, and so it's a very, um, holistic thing for us and our family. Um, hmm. but there's that. Um, but it's also like you like you say, like the Sunday school teachers and the mm-hmm. other people, the mentors yeah. in the lives of kids. So um another great thing about ch- the church is that generally you're surrounded by like loving, trusted Christian adults that um are there to mentor and disciple your kids as well. I think one thing I heard, and this isn't just about church, but I've always heard that um like the more um loving, trusted adults a kid has in their life, sort of like that the healthier and safer and more secure that they feel. And mm. and sometimes kids don't want to come to their parents with everything. And I mm. want to make sure that my kids have trusted people in their lives that they can go to that aren't me. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. you just you need to talk to someone else. Yeah. And so the church really provides that because it is a family if you are participating in it in the way sure. that you're meant to. Yeah, yeah. Um so so that's it um in in terms of that I think every single person that is 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 um uh, praying into and caring for kids in this way is contributing so much to their life in a way that they may never know hmm. um but is going to matter in the long term
0: no i 100% agree with that and um just the importance of of modeling that it's not you know it's not always easy and fun and i'm very thankful for my parents um that modeled that um, what it was to follow Christ at home, at church and um, in the marketplace. And uh, I think that that continuity um, was valuable and they were there, they participated and, you know, they, they just spent a lot of time running back and forth to events, you know what I mean? Taking me to events and um, and I'm, I'm thankful for that for sure. So any question you think, hey, Aaron, you should have asked that question. That would have been a good question that I didn't ask you today. Hmm.
1: Let me think here. I think, um, yeah, okay, so I think I'll just, I guess, answer the question, which I'm not really sure what it is, but I'll say it, It is it it doesn't have to be necessarily as hard as you think. So Mm. uh, I love a friend of mine, her name's Christy Thomas, and she has a, um, her kind of group is called little shoots, deep roots. And I love her um, advice because she sends out these very simple tips for parents. And and I think you could apply this mentality just to your own personal life as well. Um, But she's like, don't make it harder than it is. Little Hmm. seeds matter. Little actions matter. Um, It's kind of like, you know, if you decide one day, like, well, I'm going to, yeah, there's a marathon this weekend. I'm going to run it. Well, that's not gonna work. You're not right. gonna do it. You're not gonna finish. Um, so don't set yourself up for failure. Every little step towards um a deeper faith and a better relationship with God matters. And so give yourself like little things that you're just yes. little things that you're gonna do, like reading one verse a day, or yeah. I'm going to research one church this weekend and yeah. pray one prayer each minute minute or each morning for 30 seconds. So I would just say like don't overwhelm yourself and also remember that it's not in it's not all about you being in control like god is going to mm. lead you and most importantly i think that you should pray that the holy spirit is working in your heart like mm. that he's going to do the work um to bring you to where you need to be and that you trust god to do that because he's good and you know yeah. he's good yeah. even if people in your life haven't been good god is good and yeah. you can trust him and and i said this yesterday on a podcast uh i don't remember what We were talking about but it was like i said this in the book somewhere believe god believe god when he says that he loves you and he wants the best for you and he wants to be in your life
0: yeah that's good this is this is a bonus question, and uh, you can we can cut it out if we you don't want to keep it. So there's a mom listening in. Um, I don't have any moms specifically in mind, but a mom listening in that maybe raised her daughter in church, maybe raised her daughter and sons in in, in, in church. But we'll make this a daughter daughter situation. So a mother raised her daughter in church, and now her daughter's walked away. And she's not involved in church. The mother wants her to be involved in church, but she's not anything as a mother to mother that you maybe would from your research and experience that maybe you would counsel the mother, that mother daughter relationship.
1: Yeah. So I think a really great book to read. I have a book suggestion on this. It would be um, oh the title it's by Christopher Yuan. Okay. Um, Let me find it really quick for you. Um, It's a, amazing book of a mother's love for her son that had walked away. It's called out of a far country hmm. out of a far country. And his story of what his mom and her faithfulness over his life did is just so beautiful. I actually recently heard them both speak about okay. it and it was so amazing. So, so I would just say, first of all, buy that book. Cause I'll yeah. encourage you. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that she said, Something about like every single day, she would write down the same prayer, hmm. and she wrote it down on this like receipt piece of paper. And like years went by, and she had she had every she rolled it out, True. and her faithfulness in prayer never ever let up. And ultimately, he wow. came back to the Lord and wow. has been living his life for him. Um, so that's the first thing I would say, and and the second thing I would say is, you know, my kids are little, so I'm not there, but I do have family members that you know hmm. are in that kind of situation, and it feels very. You feel very powerless um, because you don't want to push them away, um, but you also are worried for them. Yeah. So um, prayer is the number one thing. Um, I also am. I also selectively um, this particular person I'm thinking of. I will selectively send books over just Mm. that I think could be helpful. Um, Not like she knows that I'm not trying to push. I'm I'm just kind of like I thought you would be interested in this. Right. And if and listen to the lord like i will get a prompting sometimes like you know three years ago i i like i felt like you should send your sister a text I'm talking about my sister obviously send your sister a text that says um yeah god welcomes your questions and hmm. i was like look he just i was like look god just told me to send you this text so hmm. sorry sorry I'm sorry if that's weird right <laughs> but i would say listen to promptings um yeah. from god and and trust his leading um yeah.
0: good word and good word Good morning. Erica, thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks for spending some time with me. Will you pray for us? That God will use your wisdom and insight. We'll put a link to your book in the show notes. And um, yeah, just thanks for being with us today.
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, so much for this meeting um, that the message of this book is reaching across the world. I find that totally incredible. And I'm so excited to you know, be talking to someone, um, in all the way across the world about this message. And I just pray that, um, it would resonate with those that have been listening today, that the Holy Spirit would work in their hearts and in their ears and in their minds, Lord, that it would prompt them to draw closer to you and take whatever step that is toward you. Um, trusting that you are good and believing what you say, um, I just pray for um, the ministry over there in Kenya um, and that your name will continue to be glorified um, across the continent and the country. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen.